0: Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis.
1: I don't like waking up in strange towns. I don't like it most of all when I wake up in a cold boxcar, a boxcar I don't remember climbing into. But most of all, I don't like it when I wake up in a strange town in a cold boxcar and I discover all the labels have been torn out of my suit and I don't have a wallet or a scrap of identification on me. I don't like that. Because I know somebody dumped me on this rattler, thinking I was dead. Well, I figure this is a point in my favor. Whoever thought he'd killed me isn't going to expect me to come back and nail him. And that's what I'm going to do. Well, my name isn't Harry Nile.
0: Tonight, Crisis
1: presents another tale of
0: suspense featuring the hard luck private investigator Harry Nile in a page from his casebook from the year 1940. We'll return in a minute with Act One of Seattle Blues. And now, Phil Harper is featured as Harry Nile in Seattle Blues.
1: It all began on the train down from Canada. It's no fun coming back from a vacation. All the fish I caught are eaten, the weather's turning cold, and I'm out of money, with no prospects in sight. In fact, I couldn't even afford a ticket all the way back to Chicago. I got on in Vancouver, and the money only stretches to Seattle. The coach is hot, and the windows are steamy, and there's nothing outside but gray clouds and rain. So after a while, I fall asleep. I wake up maybe 20 minutes later with someone calling my name.
2: Miss Nile. Miss Nile. Mr. Nile huh? no, I, uh, I hate to wake you up Mr. Nile but uh, we're getting close to Seattle and uh, <laughs> I had to talk to you before it's too late it's, uh, sorry. I, yeah, I'm sorry I'm awake I figured uh, you could use what I got to tell you uh, being as you're running a little flat Do I know you from somewhere? No, 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 don't think so Well then, how do you know me? Oh, I get around Mr. Nile Better than you might think that's so. Yes, yes, I do, Mr. Nile. You're a private dick working out of Chicago. Or not working, I should say. Been on a fishing trip in Canada for six weeks. You like your liquor, and you would be hard to beat in a poker game. <laughs> how am I doing? Very good. Now, that ain't all I know. You're 41 years old, born in Haines, Nebraska, and you're pretty near broke most all the time. Now, how am I doing? Good enough, I'm about to wring your scrawny old neck. Who are you, anyway? Name's any one of several. Take your pick. Sourdough Jim Pike... Lonnie DeVille, Kid Hoosier, Francis Aloysius Riley, Maurice T. Mumford the Third. All right, Arnie. all right, all right. But the name they give me at the orphanage in Tacoma 60 years ago was Mac Ennis. Ernie Mac Ennis. Okay, Ernie. What's the pitch? I got you pegged at your rides, right, didn't I? Is that what
1: you woke me up to tell me? I already know all that stuff about myself.
2: I wanted to be sure. I want to be sure you're the man I'm looking for. And you are, you are. You want to be... You want to do a little detecting? That's my line of work. <laughs> I do the job myself, only I'm too well-known. Ah. Uh-huh. Mr. Nile, there's a girl in Seattle who's been robbed of her inheritance. Four thousand bucks. I know who took it, who's got it, and how to get it back. Now, it'll take you one night's work, and there's four hundred in it for you. Interested? Yes or no?
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Number one, I'm not licensed to work in Seattle. Two bucks. And number two, I...
2: Huh? A private date license is two bucks in Seattle. No exam, just write your name. All right. But number two, I need to meet the girl.
1: Ask her a lot of stuff. Oh, you will. you will. Say, what were you doing on this train? Looking for private detectives? No, no, no.
2: Just, just trying to make a buck. Doing what? Picking pockets. You're a pickpocket? A a dip? You heisted my wallet? Shh! Quiet, quiet. pipe down. You ain't missing a penny. <clears throat> i just... Make sure of that. You see? See? Your wallet tells quite a story. Visitor's British Columbia fishing license issued six weeks ago. Your Chicago private detective permit. Couple of pawn tickets. <laughs> an extra ace of spades. And a trick deck in your pocket. Soaked with bourbon. And $16 Canadian. <laughs> Read you like a book. Huh. What well, you need me for? You're quite a
1: detective yourself. Why don't you help the girl? Uh, and I do it, too. Except for one thing. You're too well known.
2: Yes, that. And, uh...
1: I don't want to get killed. Great
2: night. Seattle, uh, always like this? This? Hey, this ain't bad. Wait till the rainy season sets in. Rainy season? What do you call this? this? This ain't rain.
1: This is mist. Goes down the back of my neck, just like rain. Uh, never mind, never mind. Come on, we're
2: here, we're here. Going in, go on in.
1: What's this, Joy?
2: First Avenue Tavern. Ah. Uh, joy, uh, she works out of here. She works out of here? <laughs> I mean, she works here. She works here. Sit down, sit down. Buy your drink. Buy your drink. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, what would be? Uh, go in, Harry, go in. A bourbon. Hey, what is he, a tourist? Uh, I'm sure, Harry, you see, he can't buy whiskey, beer, wine, period. Why not?
1: This is the state of Washington, friend. No liquor by the drink. No kidding. Now, come...
0: Because we run a nice, clean state here. Nothing immoral. Hi, Roger.
3: Any calls for me? Hiya, Joey. No, nothing. Hey, Joey, Joey, it's me, it's me. Uh, you now, we've been looking for you. Oh, you've lost sourdough. Uh, hey, listen, listen, Joey. I'm going to get your money back for you.
2: You know who this gentleman is? He's a private eye.
3: You are? Hey, yeah. yeah, you really are? Out of Chicago. Oh. Where'd you run into sourdough?
2: He,
1: uh, he bumped into me on the train. What's your name? Harry Niles.
3: And you're really a detective Yeah You don't look like a detective
2: I've been sick hey, Joy, I told him about the money How you lost it But he didn't
3: tell him nothing else, Joy Where are you staying, Mr. Nile? Yeah,
2: where am I staying, Ernie? Uh, well, uh, uh, there's the Olympic uh, uh, The Benjamin Franklin uh, For about three dollars a night Yeah, uh, The Netherlands, just off Pike street
1: You know that one, Joy?
3: I know all for three dollars, you'd be tipping the manager two fifty. As yeah,
1: for me, let's go. The three of us go out into the drizzle again, pass a couple of penny arcades and an all-night movie, and finally get to Pike Street, which must have been named after the fish of the same name. Wind was blowing up from the waterfront. And it wasn't like the breeze off Lake Michigan—not as cold, maybe, but twice as pungent. The hotel is one flight up. There's a 40-watt bulb in the stairwell, but watching Joy climbing ahead of me, I can see very clearly that she's something special. She's got long, dark hair spilling down over a tweed coat with a fur collar and silk stockings with perfect seams setting off a perfect pair of legs, slim ankles, and spike heel shoes. And she's young. Okay, you want to tell me about
3: it? I had $4,000. Now I don't have it.
1: Ernie says he knows who took it.
3: Sure, I know who took it. Carl Shermerhorn took it. Shermerhorn? You know him?
1: No, I just wanted to see if I could pronounce it.
3: He said he'd invest it for me.
1: Uh, what is he, a broker?
3: <laughs>
2: it's funny. Shermerhorn's in the rackets. Then why'd you give him the money? With Shermerhorn, if you don't give, he takes. That's right, that's right. All right, this doesn't make much
3: sense to me. Did you owe him the money or what? I owe him nothing. That money was my folks. I inherited it. It was all they had. They had a little farm in Montana. Last winter, my dad froze to death in his truck, a mile from the farm. Ma died this spring. That money was all there was left of them.
1: Gee, that's. Uh... I'm sorry.
3: Schumerhorn found out I had the money, and he said he'd invest it for me. And it'd pay me an income out of the interest. So I said, "Sure, take it. You're a businessman." But when no interest came, I asked him, I said, Mr. Shermerhorn, when am I going to start getting my interest? You know what he said? He said I'd never given him the money, that I must be crazy or something. Uh, 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 And she can't prove a thing against him. He didn't give her a receipt or nothing. How'd you meet this
2: guy in the first place?
3: Meet him? I work for him. Uh Oh? As a hostess. Well, that's what he calls me. I set guys up for him. that's all I do. Set them up? If they want liquor or they want to gamble, I introduce them to Mr. Shermerhorn, and that's all.
2: What? Gambling's illegal here, too? But, but, but we can get around that. Uh, Nile, what you got to do is win Joy's four grand from Shermerhorn. Uh, <clears throat> I told Mr. Nile there'd, there'd be 500 in it for him. You said 400 <laughs> Well, I expect you to pay me a little commission on the business I got.
3: Yeah. But, Look, I'll pay the 500 but I can just get the rest back.
2: Ah, uh, it just so happens that cards are a special talent with me.
3: <laughs> I knew it, I knew it.
1: I presume Mr. Shermerhorn uses a few tricks on his opponents.
3: He never loses, if that's what you mean.
1: Well, in all modesty, I I think I can change his luck. And if I can, I'll get you your four grand plus interest and take care of my fee myself.
3: Oh, gosh. I, I thought I'd never see that money.
1: Careful, honey. You'll ruin your mascara. Brave words those were about changing Shermerhorn's luck. I wish I'd never said them. But that's not all I wish I hadn't done. There's more. A lot more. That night I go to sleep on a Civil War cot with the rain gusting against a dirty window and a red neon sign flashing a tattoo on my eyelids. But I dream I'm driving a Packard convertible down Wacker Drive in the springtime, wearing a seersucker suit and a Panama hat and smoking a 75-cent cigar. I always have that dream when I'm planning to ring someone dry of poker chips. That's what I plan to do with this guy Shermerhorn. Ten o'clock in the morning and I'm back on the First Avenue Tavern with Joy and Ernie. Waiting for the big gambler to show up.
2: Now I never promised this should be easy, Harry. He, he just never loses ever.
1: All right, okay. Now the only thing that worries me is I'm um, temporarily short of funds. How short? Well, I tipped the red cap a quarter at the station last night. I paid two bucks for the room. Had the fifty cent breakfast at the cafeteria. It leaves me a grand total
2: of about thirteen dollars and twenty five cents. Huh? Oh, sour, do You didn't. What are you talking about? Here's your wallet and your loose change. I ought to
1: punch you right in your
2: nose. Oh, so look. Now, look, Harry. John L. Sullivan's every day between title fights. A man's got to keep in practice. Besides, I I wouldn't keep nothing of yours, Harry. Come on, here, here. Take it, take it. Thanks. Oh. Ain't you going to count it?
1: Yeah, maybe I'd better. Uh, wait a minute. This. Well, there's better than $100 in my wallet. There's your grub steak. But but
2: where'd this this come from, Erning? From the pockets of the bourgeoisie. (laughs) Come again? From the bloated capitalists who run the banks and counting houses up there on 3rd Avenue. You uh, stole this, huh? No, I'm redistributing the wealth. Where do you get all this
1: bourgeois stuff?
2: uh... At
3: the party meetings. I'm a communist. Huh? Look, look, that's Schirmher now coming in the door.
1: That's Schirmerhorn?
3: All 300 pounds of him.
1: I've never seen anyone so fat in all my life.
2: Well, that isn't all fat, oh, Well, It's time for me to head down to the public market.
1: Yeah. Happy picking.
3: Oh, he won't be picking. He'll be going around handing out what he took on 3rd Avenue. Except for the hundred he gave you. Yeah, I never knew anyone like him. Hey, play, play like you're talking to me. Having a good time. Schirmerhorn's coming over.
1: I am having a good time.
3: That's nice. Well, tell me all about yourself, Mr. Nile.
1: I'm 20 years older than you are.
3: I... Isn't that interesting?
1: And I'm going to love getting your money back. Shh, shh,
3: You do say the cutest things, Mr. Nile. Well, look who's here. A very good friend of mine. Harry Nile, this is Carl Schirmerhorn. Carl, this is Harry Nile. He's just in town from Chicago. Uh,
1: Chicago. Huh. Favorite town of mine. That's so. Positively. Yeah. In Seattle for long, Mr. Nile? Just passing through.
3: Oh, Mr. Nile was just saying how he wished he could find someone who... Who liked to play a little game of poker.
1: Oh, poker. Nice game. Used to play a little myself. And Joy tells me it's impossible here. she? She says it's illegal. It's illegal, but it's not impossible. You know what I mean? <laughs> I give Shermerhorn a peek at the size of my bankroll when I order a beer... Pretty soon, he suggests we join a friendly little game which just happens to be going on downstairs behind the tavern. Set up his standard. seat at the table is in front of a picture on the wall. It could be a spy hole, so I protect my hand and play close to the vest. Figure the two other players are working for Schirmerhorn, and so I watch them, and sure enough, they're builders. They have one job. To build up the sucker, and then when they fold, and I get their chips, Shermerhorn moves in for the kill. I let him play it his way, and even suggest increasing the ante. Naturally, he goes for it. And pretty soon we're playing with $50 chips. The game goes on, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Shermerhorn is starting to sweat. Big torrents of water pour off his face and down under the hairy backs of his hands. Just before 5 o'clock, I mentally count what I'm going to take. 5,000 bucks. I pull the switch. I'm through now. Want to quit? That's okay with me. You take a check?
3: Well, no, I don't good. know. It's good.
1: I don't know, Carl. I'm just passing through town. <laughs> I'd like to make it maybe in traveler's checks. It's too late. The banks are closed. Oh, so they are. You, uh, you wouldn't like to stick around, uh, one more day and just give me a chance to win it back? Afraid not. Listen, Nile, I know you did it to me. I don't see how, but I know you did. Just write the check, fatso.
2: Why, you son!
1: All right, hold it right there. Come on, back off, hippo. Where'd you get that gun from? I thought you guys could spot a gun. It's an old Chicago trick. Next time, look in the sock, fellas. In the sock. Now, the check, Shermerhorn. Make it two checks. One for four grand and one for one grand. And if either one of them bounces, I'm going to come back here and play you like a calliope. Mm I'll leave Shermerhorn and his buddies and back my way up the stairs and into the tavern. Joy and Ernie are waiting for me. I grab him and we disappear down First Avenue into the first door I see, which is a movie theater, almost empty. Nobody'll get hurt. Okay, I couldn't get it in cash, and so here's, here's Big Carl's check for four grand. Joy, I'm endorsing this over to you. I suggest you cash it and get on the next train for Montana, because when Shermerhorn sees your name on the endorsement, he's going to come looking for you. Yeah, I will. And Ernie, here's your hundred back. What do you keep out of this? Fond memories and a check for a thousand dollars. And hopefully my skin. And now, my friends, and you are my friends, this ends our little fireside chat.
2: Where are you going?
1: Union Station for a ticket and a berth on the Empire Builder East. Only it wasn't that easy, because I was afraid of meeting Shermerhorn, and I took the alleys on my way back to the station, and that was a bad mistake. I never saw who hit me. I only remember my head exploding like a football full of dynamite and the salty taste of a Seattle paving brick when my head hit the street. When I woke up, I was in this boxcar. No gun, no wallet, no check, no labels, no nothing. I don't recognize the skyline. It's daylight, but I don't think it's Seattle anymore. I try the legs. They move, not like Fred Astaire, but they move. I cut across the tracks and find a sign on the railroad tower. Spokane. What I need to find is a westbound freight to hop. Get back to Seattle, and I find one. And every mile brings me closer to my rendezvous with Shermerhorn. I only know one place to find him, and I go there. The First Avenue Tavern. I walk in. Yeah, I'm a sight filthy dirty in a torn and ragged suit. Everyone stops drinking and looks at me, most of them with a little smile. But one person doesn't smile.
3: Harry, but you're dead.
1: Sweet, young, little joy. She's standing by the bar with her hands over her mouth, but she's already said too much. In three big strides, I'm standing in front of her and I don't pay any attention to the bartender or anyone else. I grab her wrist.
3: Harry, you you look terrible.
1: Just tell me one thing. The farm big freeze in Montana. Mama dying in the spring.
3: You bought it.
1: You and Ernie?
2: Ask him. Huh? Uh, Right here, Harry, right here. Come on, come on, sit down.
1: No, I want it all spelled out.
2: Well, I I picked you on the train from Canada, like I told you. I saw you could help knock over Shermerhorn for me.
1: And there never was any $4,000 inheritance. No. You just used me to get you a big hunk of Shermerhorn.
2: Don't forget, Harry, you kept some for yourself. Just like you took that hundred I gave you No, and I lifted it off someone else My point is, nobody's clean, really
1: And who was it gave me this grapefruit behind my ear? You know, in the alley last night on my way to the station Shermerhorn,
2: or one of his boys He wanted to get his checks back
1: It's all very logical Except one thing bothers me Joy, how did you come to think I was dead?
3: Carl told me Shermerhorn? He told you? He tells me everything, always has, ever since we've been married.
1: You're married to him, and
2: you wanted me to get you four grand
1: from your own husband.
2: He'd never give her nothing, so we
3: figured this way at least she'd have some money of her own. But it turned out to be a check. You were dumb enough to take a check. Now if you'd held out for cash, sourdough, and me we'd have been long gone. Oh,
1: you're gonna run away with Ernie? What? Well, he's old enough to be your father.
2: <laughs> Oh, didn't I mention that? I am her father Isn't that wonderful, Mr. Nile? I didn't freeze to death back in Montana after all, did I?
1: There's only one way out of Seattle if you're broke and hungry and it's 1940 First stop, Hooverville The shanty town where nobody's turned away from a tin cup of hot soup Next stop, the freight yards Eventually, someday, that Packard convertible on Wacker Drive, the seersucker suit, and the six-bit cigar. Oh, well. I can dream, can't I?
0: Crisis has presented Seattle Blues, an adventure with Harry Nile. The names of our players and a scene from next week's program in a minute. Tonight, Crisis presented Phil Harper as Harry Nile, with Pat French as Joy, Douglas Young as Ernie McInnes, and Steve Hilliard as Shermerhorn. Sound created by Jeff Thompson, engineering by Carney Barton, music by David Shire. Crisis is produced at Audio Recording Incorporated. This is your writer-producer Jim French inviting you to be with us next week for Crisis.